This is The House Call. Welcome to The House Call Podcast. We're back with a whole new cast, new episode for you. Big week, big week. We're rolling into the beginning of the regular season. First things first, JC Jackson is not expected to play week one. We previously talked about his surgery. Looks like recovery still on track, but he's not going to be there week one against the Raiders. So it's curious to see, does that tilt things a little more in the Raiders' favor? Moving forward, Darius Slayton has taken a pay cut to remain with the Giants. He dropped his salary from 2.54 mil to the league minimum of 965000 That saves the Giants $1.6 million. Lastly, Super Bowl 50 winner Emmanuel Sanders has officially retired on the NFL from the NFL. Sanders reached three Super Bowls, won one in his 12 seasons. Bigger news here, Dawson Knox, coming off a breakout season, got himself a little more job security. He earned a four-year, $53.6 million extension with Buffalo with $31 million in guarantees. Joe, what are your thoughts on Dawson Knox extension? I mean, Buffalo, they obviously like him a lot. Fantasy-wise, we like him a lot. He's he's definitely in that tier two, you know, tight end room kind of kind of position. I think it's a good pickup. It's it, you get a solid guy. You know what you got in Dawson. Obviously, the money is is he's worth the payment, and you know it's a security blanket for for Josh Allen. So it's a great move. Most def, most definitely. Tom, your thoughts, man? Yeah, I agree. Actually, he uh, saved my fantasy season. I picked him up off the waivers last year for one of my leagues. <laughs> but uh, another thing is you look at the Bills and their wide receivers. Uh, they don't have Cole Beasley anymore. You just mentioned Emmanuel Sanders. So they want to really lock down what they have so they can build around it. And I think Dawson Knox, he's that first piece. You have, you know, like you said, Joe, just a re- reliable tight end. And that's worth the money. He, he isn't a star like Mark Andrews, but he's consistent and he can put up the numbers. Well, Steph, Jake, what are your thoughts, brother? Uh, I actually hate Dawson Knox. He ruined my fantasy season last year. So, um, but in all seriousness, um, Buffalo, I think this is going to be the tight end one that Buffalo has been looking for. I think he's, I think this year he's going to, he's going to join the tier of, He's gonna join the tier of like Waller and Kittle. He won't be at the Andrews Kelsey level yet, but I do think with you know the year Josh Allen's gonna have, you know probably an MVP season. I do think he takes that leap and he joins the tier two of the Wallers and the Kittles, and he becomes you know one of the top tight ends in the league this year. I can definitely see that, and it's gonna <clears throat> be great to watch Dawson Knox evolve as a tight end. You know, as a Patriots fan. I hate to say this, but yeah. he's one of my favorites to watch outside of the Patriots. Let's move it forward. So a bit of breaking news to make another revenge game here. Joe Flacco has officially got the start for week one against Baltimore. So we've got a revenge game in the Jets versus Baltimore. Joe, I'm going to start off with you. With Joe Flacco starting, what are your thoughts about how this game is gonna go? Can you see the Jets taking the W against Baltimore? I want them to. You know, I, I the minute <laughs> I found out Flacco was starting, I'm like, upset of the week, right there it is. Jets over Ravens. I'm calling it. Let's do it. You know, I, I didn't pencil it in. I felt like I should have. You know, it came too late in the week for me to pencil in as my upset of the week. But I, I think that you know, there's enough talent on the Jets to do it. We don't really know what the running back situation is going to be. They just signed Kenyon Drake. He's coming into a brand new offense. He's trying to learn. So how many plays is he going to be able to digest before they roll in a week one? 
uh, J.K. Dobbins isn't healthy. Gus Edwards isn't healthy. There's not there's no one in that running back room that's healthy and reliable. So you pretty much make that team one dimensional. Do they have defensive power to to slow down that Lamar Jackson and that and what's left of that offense? It's possible. I think the Jets could pro- may pull one out here, especially if there's a time for an upset. It's earlier in the year when yeah. you know everyone's still trying to get their game plans going, things like that. They're not 100% healthy. The Jets might squeak one out here, man. Most definitely. Tom, what are your thoughts, man? Yeah, I agree <clears throat> it's possible, but highly, highly unlikely for <laughs> kind of the reasons you talked about. Um, the Jets just can't stop the run, and I don't see that changing this year. And yes, Baltimore is depleted at running back, but Lamar Jackson is a running back. Uh, I, I believe <laughs> yeah. he's a yeah. he's a top ten running back. Uh, just on that, not even talking about his passing game. And then when we're talking about the passing game, the Jets gave up the fourth most receiving yards last uh, yards last year to tight ends. And who's their star tight end? Mark Andrews. So I just see them outgunned on defense on both passing and rushing. And now we're not even talking about mr uh calls himself elite joe flacco Flacco. (laughs) who hasn't been relevant who hasn't been relevant since lamar jackson took his job like what three years ago most Uh, that's been a minute (laughs) jake what are you thinking bro uh i'm kind of i'm on both sides i do think the jets cover and the throw Mm -hmm. was like seven seven and a half uh i do think the jets keep it very close i think flacco starting definitely helps the jets you know, even with if the running back is Michael Carter or if it's Brees Hall, I think it should be Brees Hall. I think he's going to have a stellar year. And even the Jets' weapons, they aren't terrible. I know they have, you know, Corey Davis, they have Braxton Berrios, Elijah Moore. They signed CJ Uzama, right, in the offseason. And just with Baltimore, you know, Gus Edwards and J.K. Albans, I don't think are fully 100%. They lost out on Marquise Brown. They have Rashard Bateman as the number one, if you're not counting Mark Andrews. It's just, I think it's going to be a very weird game where I can see the Jets leading for a majority of the game. I do think Baltimore wins the game because they're just a better team overall. Mm-hmm. But it would not surprise me if the Jets are leading this game for a majority of it and then Baltimore just takes it back. Most definitely. Like, honestly, <clears throat> I want to see the Jets win because I would – it would be dope to see the Joe Flack, the little bit of Joe Flacco yeah. old come out. Yeah. But it's like my expectations are tempered because when you look at Joe Flacco, he's 37. This isn't the dude coming out of Delaware who's known for having a cannon as an arm. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, facts. So it's like when you look at it, it's tempered. Like he may do a couple, you may see a couple deep balls, but it's really going to be a lot of running the ball, short passes, maybe a check downs here or there, that, that type of thing. And I feel like Baltimore is really going to be able to keep him contained, but still, I'd love to see it happen, but I just understand that chances are it's probably not going to happen, yeah. unfortunately. I think but- the over-under is like 44 and a half. I'm taking that over. I think it's, I really, really, really think it's going to be a shootout. I don't know why I think that. And I'm going to be wrong, but. (laughs) Joe Flacco comes out 400 yards. Yeah. (laughs) MVP. Like, beautiful. Right. Right. Okay. Let's keep it going, y'all. Let's keep it going. So, speaking of the Jets and the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, it looks like time is running out to work out his contract. He said, if it doesn't get worked out by Friday, 
he's not we're not going to discuss it going into the season he did get a better offer i don't have any numbers in front of me at the moment but let me ask y'all with what he's posted he's posted some stuff that to me it seems like if it comes down to it he wouldn't be so hurt to leave baltimore if it you know what i mean joe yeah. what are your thoughts about the situation so I look at Lamar Jackson similarly to the way I look at Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Now, Kyler got his money. The problem I see here is, is that, you know, you look at these these dual threat quarterbacks, right? Mm-hmm. And I've looked at them throughout the years, like the Michael Vicks, the RG3s, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Cam Newton, right? There's, there's a significant drop-off when the athletic ability disappears, right? And I watched Lamar throughout college. I watched him in, in the NFL. He does a lot of the same stuff. The arm talent's mediocre, but he's got some stuff he can do with his legs that is next level, right? He won an MVP for it. Let's be real. I don't know how effective he is, just the way, same way I don't know how effective Kyler Murray is if the weapons for them aren't there. If he was to leave Baltimore... <laughs> I don't know if it would be as beneficial for him unless he went somewhere that had the the, the offensive scheme for him to do the things he does, right? Most because your your offensive line has to understand when you have a mobile quarterback, it's significantly harder to block, right? Yeah. And we've heard offensive linemen come out and say that, they, you know, because if your quarterback breaks right out of nowhere, the defender has got eyes on him, he's going to try to break right as well. You can't hold on to him. You have to be able to, to release, right? You have to understand. And the whole thing about offensive line, people don't understand that, is that they're they're in there like this. Like, they got full grip on those jerseys, man. They're holding on to those offensive line all the time. It's when you get outside of the frame that that becomes a problem. Well, when you got quarterbacks scrambling all over the place, getting outside of the frame, that becomes that's how you end up getting holding. So I think his best-case scenario is in Baltimore. I think that Baltimore can get him over the hump. They can and, and do the things he needs to do. And I think his best career choice is to stay in Baltimore. That being said, if they're not going to pay him the money, because he's going to get Kyler money wherever he goes. Like, that's the money level he's going to get. It's Kyler money. You know, they're going to have to decide they're going to pay him. And I think they should. But, like you said, if it doesn't come Friday, then he's playing the year on what he's got, and that's that. I mean, he's and he's comfortable with that. Well, I still Steph- think they get the deal done, but I, I don't see him doing... It's going to be a, a really kind of cloudy future for him if he doesn't stay in Baltimore. I don't know how to predict where he goes from there if he leaves. Right, right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Tom, your thoughts? Yeah. Um, I'd say the same. He's going to get money if he goes on the open market. He will. Somebody is desperate enough to pick him up, but is that necessarily going to be the best situation for him? No, of course it's Baltimore. And maybe that's part of the reason um, or maybe it's just because he's a great guy that he's not making a big issue about the contract where you know you see a lot of people saying oh they'll hold out uh but it really shows lamar jackson's leadership is he's saying look i'm focused on the season i'm focused on getting this team to a super bowl yes i care about the contract i'm gonna do what i can but at the end of the day his focus is in the right place i think that's a great sign and i think they will give him the contract he deserves mm-hmm. when the time comes but it would be a risk for him and it would be a risk for the team that picks him up if he tries to go on the open market next year. I get you. Jake, you're, what you thinking? I think Baltimore is going to pay him. I just think he's like that. He's the next quarterback to get that extension. You know, mm-hmm. Russell Wilson just got his. 
I think Derek Carr got one too. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle Murray got his. I just, you know, Rodgers got paid in the offseason. I just mm-hmm. think he's that next quarterback that's going to get paid. And it's always going to go up. Like once mm-hmm. Jackson gets paid, Herbert's going to get paid. And it's just, it's just going to keep on going up till you know, it, it's just going to keep on going up. Most definitely. I would be shocked to see him leave Baltimore. I think him and Baltimore do get a deal done. But it'd be weird because it would – I can see Baltimore just being like, all right, you know, here's the final offer, X years, X amount. If you don't, if you want it, whatever. I can see him kind of just betting on himself, like kind of what, like, Aaron Judge is doing. He is betting on himself, and he's having an MVP year, whereas they do that with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson was MVP. It's going to cost Baltimore more. So I think Baltimore just has to – I think Baltimore has to get it done. They have to lock him up. Okay, let me throw out a scenario at y'all. This is something that could really happen. Let's say this year Tua is horrible. Miami has no answer at quarterback. They trade off Tua. <clears throat> they, Lamar Jackson by somehow hits the open market, you know, doesn't work out with Baltimore. Miami hands him a ba- blank check. Could y'all see Lamar working out in a place like Miami where you've got Tyree, J- Jalen White? I hope not. I mean, I mean yeah, as a Patriots fan, I don't know if I want to face him twice a year. My problem is is that you have Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, right? And you look at the rosters, and because of the salary cap, money is the flexibility of money in a year to win a Super Bowl is very critical. And I think they ran a stat uh, a couple years ago, maybe, maybe last year, where they showed all this, all those quarterbacks and their salary percentage of the total salary cap for the team that won the Super Bowl that year, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think they, we've had a Super Bowl winning quarterback who ate up more than like fourteen percent of the salary cap. Most definitely, right? You look at the year that Tom Brady went and faced uh, the Falcons. Matt Ryan had a twenty-two percent share of the Falcon. I believe it's twenty-two percent share of the Falcons' salary cap. Well, for three and a half quarters, it looked like he had that Super Bowl in the bag and ended up losing it. And that was the closest that a quarterback who had got that much of the salary cap came to winning a Super Bowl. And the team fell apart because they had no salary cap space. Right. So I could see him going to Miami. I could see him getting a massive deal done and all these things like that. And I could see them maybe making a run for the first year, maybe the second year. But there's a certain point in time where you have to start bringing in young talent and you have to hit on draft picks. Hmm. To keep paying a quarterback that much money, mm-hmm. and you can't re-sign these guys, yeah, right? Exactly. You have to keep shipping them yeah. out. You have to keep shipping out talent, and mm-hmm. that's the only way that you make a sustainable team with a high salary cap dedication to a quarterback. So, I mean, that's, it's wild. That's, those, that's the numbers, man. <laughs> it's yeah, wild, yeah. Joe. It's like I saw this uh, meme about <laughs> Tom Brady. Tom Brady, it's like Tom Brady will take pay cut after pay cut and just keep winning. And every other team looks, every other quarterback looks at him and is like, I want to win, but they take out these massive contracts. Yeah. It's like Aaron the formula. <laughs> exactly, Tom. Yeah, facts. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, absolutely. He, I didn't, he, he was, well, I'll let you finish your point, but. No, you're good. Go on, go on, go on. Well, it just makes me think of Aaron Rodgers and how he was going on and on about uh, the lack of depth in the wide receiver room and how the young wide receivers aren't doing anything. Well, you had Devonte Adams and you let him yep. go yep. because exactly. he's eating up all the salary. Yeah, you know? cool. absolutely. So I actually had that conversation with a friend of mine. I was like, listen, if 
Aaron Rodgers comes back to the Packers, Devontae Adams is gone, and they're going to they're going to gut that team because they were what forty five million dollars in the red. There was something in, like in that. April. Yeah, I, and, yeah. And, I don't know the exact number, but it was something like around that number. And then sure enough, they signed they signed Aaron Rodgers back to this massive contract, and Devontae Adams was out the door like what three mm-hmm. four days later. It felt like. Exactly. And then they were just cutting, cutting people, restructuring contracts left and right, and and got up above it. And I don't know. I, I think that there's there's people who talk a good game, and the people who never talk about their money always <clears throat> seem to be winners. So look at the Rams. Like the, that's what the Rams did. The Rams just gave everyone they wanted a blank check and ended up winning a Super Bowl. Exactly. Yeah. It's like I don't know where the Rams get all the salary cap space. Dude, <laughs> really? Neither do I. Neither do I. When they stop Same. Playing, it's called financial. It's called financial. What is it? Uh, gymnastics. Financial gymnastics. When they signed right. Bobby Wagner, they're doing flips through the through the air and everything. When they signed Bobby Wagner, I'm like, how? 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 And I keep thinking to myself, when you look at a team like the Rams, I keep thinking they're gonna hit that point and. They're just not going to be able to pay. Like somebody's going to want too much money, and it's just mm-hmm. not going to work. That well, you is see what... what you do in that situation is, is that you just cre- you you restructure their contract, turn a lot of it into a signing bonus, and then mm-hmm. it's just push it out over four or five years, and then you end up doing what the Mets are doing every like what is it ju- June first? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bobby Benyana Day or whatever it is, paying one point two five million dollars. He hasn't played for him in twenty years. Like, all right, here it is again. That's how the salary cap works, apparently. <laughs> but I feel like, honestly, to it's kind so of bring dumb. ourselves back to where we started off at, Joe, you talked about, like, Lamar and the comparison with Kyler. I feel like Lamar is deserving of more money than Kyler because you look at a guy like Kyler, Kyler's so immature, for lack of a better word. I feel like Lamar, you know, off the field, he's not going to give me a problem. There's just a few things on the field you got to work on. Like, if I'm Lamar... I gotta stop running around because yeah. that running around is gonna, gonna get, get him hurt. Exactly. Get him hurt. Well, like, then, well you, you, but the problem is that's his game. You 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 stop Lamar running, right? Yeah. And you take away seven, eight hundred yards, five, six touchdowns, and the defense no longer has to to account for it, right? Mm-hmm. Like you you take away Lamar's legs and you basically turn him into RG three. After the leg injury, no, and yeah, he's nothing. You are right. I mean, you you can. It's, it's the same thing. Like the reason Cam Newton isn't Cam Newton anymore isn't because he can't run. It's because he literally the arm talent, the little arm talent he had, deteriorated because of some shoulder injuries, right? Yeah. And then he got slower because he got older. That's what happened. Josh Allen improved his his accuracy, improved his arm talent. And he's able to stay mobile. So Josh Allen, you can take away Josh Allen's running ability, and he's still going to be a threat into his late 30s and his career because he can throw the football accurately. Mm-hmm. That has been the question with Kyler. That has been the question with Lamar. We all know they get, what their athletic attributes are, right? They off the charts athletically. Mm-hmm. You limit them to just pure arm talent. I don't think they're a top 15 quarterback. The question, just pure arm talent. That's it. Lamar so, definitely I mean, isn't. Yeah, so that's what you're looking at, right? That's why I compare Kyler and Lamar. Yeah, off the field, there may be some differences, but on the field, outside of their their physical attributes of height and arm length and and hand size, they play the game the same way. Pocket breaks down, they scramble, they run for yards, they do the things, they extend plays, right? Mm -hmm. You could technically say Deshaun Watson was in the same 
realm of quarterback. You know, pocket breakdown, extends plays, scrambles for yards. They all three do the same thing. They're built similarly. They they do the same thing. Accuracy is a question mark, right? Mm-hmm. You remove offensive weapons from them, yeah, and they're no longer the same quarterback. So, so I didn't that's even, the problem. I didn't even know this. I mean, I knew he was hurt for the, um, at the you know kind of the tail end of last year. But looking at his stats, he had sixteen. This is passing. 16 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, and he only passed for 282 yards. I mean, 2,882 yards. I'm sitting there like, wait a minute. 2,882 yards, sorry. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, he's he's a fourth, he's like a 3,600 yard guy only if he's rushing the football. So, he plays his legs, and it's like a solid third of his game. And you have Justin Herbert, who threw 38 touchdowns and doubled his passing yards. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. I mean, if you think about it, though, it's like if Lamar truly wants more money, they let's say they don't get a deal done by uh, this Friday, I hope he's really worked on his passing game, and I hope he shreds teams with his passing this coming season. I want to see him get paid. I've always respected the man's game. I personally want to see him get paid, and I hope he can really evolve because – as a fan of the NFL more than anything, I don't like that we get a lot of these players who it seems like they have these short bursts of greatness and then just fall off. Y'all know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But let's keep it going, y'all. Before we before Jake takes off on us, I want to do some predictions for a few games here this week. So what we'll do is uh, I'll give a game and then y'all can tell me who you got and why. So our first game is our uh, week. Thursday night matchup, the uh, Bills versus the Rams. Jake, I'll start with you. Who you got? So we kind of touched on this earlier today. I have the Rams plus two. Um, I just, you know, it's they're getting their rings. It's banner night. They're, they want to show. They want to put on a show. They want to be, you know, the Bills who are the Super Bowl champions of this year. They want to put on a show. You know, they get K-Makers back. They lose OBJ, but they bring in Allen Robinson. You know, they get another year of Cooper Cup and they're back to Stafford. I just, I would be very, I shouldn't say I'm shocked. I just think the Rams win this game. I think the Rams win it by three, but I just, I have the Rams winning this game. I find it, I just can't see them losing in their banner night when they get their rings. I just oh, can't. Most deaf. Tom, who you got, man? Yeah, I also have the Rams. Uh, similar reasons. You really look at two incredibly strong teams. This is a potential uh, Super Bowl matchup down the road. So you really have to look at, they both have a lot of depth. What are some of the the chinks in the armor that they have? And, or did I say that right? Kinks in the armor? Uh, yeah, however you say it. <laughs> uh, we'll edit that out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what is that expression? Is it chinks? Kinks, 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 kinks in the armor. Kinks in the armor. Kinks in the armor. You good, Tom? I didn't know it either. I'm sitting here like, I don't know. <laughs> kinks, kinks. Kinks in the armor. Okay. Um, okay, so anyway, I have the – you definitely want to look at what the concerns are going to be. And my big concern for the Bills right now is their secondary. Uh, Tredavious White is out for four games. He's been a big part of that secondary last few years. I was looking into kind of who they have to fill the gap. They have rookies, Kair Elam, uh, Christian Benford. So these guys are not, they're not proven. 
and you go up against some very unforgiving wide receivers. You go up against uh, Allen Robinson. You go up against Cooper Cup. Matthew Stafford, who's one of the best game managers out there right now. I just think he's going to pick them apart. And it's not going to be by a lot, but it is that close game, that last drive. That's where I think he's really going to get him. I feel I totally can see that happening. Joe, yours? So since 2016, there have been six games, five of which featured the previous Super Bowl winner. Out of those games, the Super Bowl winner is four and one at home. <laughs> the only loss was the Patriots to the Kansas City Chiefs. So that being said, that game I'm going with the Bills, uh, and the Bills are going to win this game because Josh Allen is going to win the MVP this year, and he's starting his he's starting his tear week one in LA. Joe, it's come happening. on, Joe. The Bills are going to run him off the field. It's going Joe. down. It's happening. Yo, go Bills. Yo. <laughs> We're looking for another co-host here at the House Call oh, Podcast, as you me. can I tell. I think the Bills are going to win this game. Um, I, I just, I think that Josh Allen, for the same reasons that Jake is saying the Rams are going to win this game, the same reason that I feel the Bills are going to win this game, Josh Allen's out to prove a point, Most, yeah. right? He's, he's still not happy with how they lost that. That defense is going to come out with their hair on fire to prove they actually deserve to be ranked as the number one defense as they were last year. I think they're going to come out and they're going to put on a show. I know Kier Elam out of Florida is, is a rookie, but there's a reason he was he's, you know, going to probably be starting in, in place with Javius White. He had a he, pretty good draft profile, and a lot of people think he's got the skills to match up really well in the NFL. And that doesn't mean they're going to be putting him on Cooper Cup. I'd be very surprised <laughs> if I saw Kerry Elam shadowing Cooper Cup. That'd be, that'd be wild. That'd be wild. wild. But, Imagine but Cooper I, Cup's mind seeing that. He, oh, boy. He's like licking his chomps. He's like clapping like, yeah. <laughs> don't you think Sean McVay is going to draw up that kind of thing? Don't you think oh, he's yeah. going oh, yeah, to he's gonna try yeah, to definitely. expose those quarterbacks? Yep. 100%. Yes. Yeah. Honestly, for me, I hate to say it, but my money's on the Bills. You look at that Bills team, so just with their mentality, it, they're out to prove something. And unfortunately, oh, yeah. as a Patriots fan, <laughs> as the people in Miami know, even the people in the Jets know, you're just not equipped to stop that team. Right no, now. you're not. You are just no. not equipped to stop Josh Allen right now. That loss, that loss we gave Josh Allen last season, that was great, but... I'm gonna hold my opinion on that, but I yeah. just have the yeah. bill. I just have Mother the bill. Nature is the best twelve man. Right. Mother Mother Nature, thank you God. I recycle, yep. I compost, I started doing it all after that, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like Y'all know Josh Allen is just too great right now and we just yeah. can't do it. So I've got my money on the bills. Sundays are a ritual in my house. One important part of that routine is drinking liquid IV. I love staying hydrated and Liquid IV makes that so easy, especially when I have 12 hours of enjoying football ahead of me. There's so many delicious flavors. My personal favorite is passion fruit. One stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates faster than just water alone. Get 25% off and free shipping when you go to liquidiv.com and use code the underscore house underscore call underscore podcast at checkout. 
Experience better hydration today at liquidiv.com. And remember to use the code the underscore house underscore call underscore podcast or click the link in the bio. Our next game here, we've got the Bengals and the Steelers. Joe, what are your thoughts? Who do you have, Bengals or Steelers? So my brain wants me to go Bengals, right? But Joe Burrow hasn't been practicing. He's been hurt. Uh, didn't get a lot of time with those guys there. So we'll see how you know he looks coming off there. There's been that whole turmoil in the secondary with their you know star corner, I believe it was, wanting a, a – contract and playing on the uh the tender instead so there all that's been going on and that's why i'm picking it my upset of the week steelers over cincinnati calling it that's this is my upset of the week i think i think mitchell trubisky is going to go in there he's going to take that steelers team and they're just gonna be too much for cincinnati to handle early on see I can see that. I, f- I can definitely see that. You know, I know Trubisky got a lot of hate in Chicago, but I feel like with the right coach, you can really get some not crazy, like, MVP-level play, but decent play. But, Jake, what are your thoughts? Bengals and Steelers. I, I see Joe's vision. I mean, the Steelers' offense really isn't that bad. You know, you have Claypool, you have Deontay Johnson, you have George Pickens, you have Pat Farmuth, you have Najee Harris. You and you have a good defense. You have a team to work with. I just think Cincinnati's at home, and I just they're pissed off. You know, they're pissed off the Super Bowl. They just they want to win. I feel like this is going to be the revenge tour. I think I just I think Cincinnati wins. I just think they blow them out. I think Cincinnati. It's just kind of one of those games where you just you just step on the gas. You just don't go on the break. You just go for the kill. You know. You, they're pissed. I mean, if Joe Burrow has us maybe two seconds, he hits Jamar Chase for that touchdown and they win the Super Bowl. I just, Cincinnati is still a top team in the AFC. They still have a top offense. I just think since there's no stopping Cincinnati in this game. I think they go off for blood and they get blood and they went big. I feel, I see it's such a toss-up i feel like but tom what do you got hangover is real man i'm telling you super bowl hangover is a real thing man i I, I, it's a real thing man it's just this offense it's just hard to pick against this offense it just really Tyler boyd higgins and chase and you have joe mixon it's just i i really really feel like they're pissed off and i just i really feel like they want blood and they got to do it against you know their rival pittsburgh week one yeah oh yeah tom your thoughts man yeah, I'm with you 100% on that. I think they want to finish what they what they started in the Super Bowl. And you look at this team, uh, all their key returners are coming back on offense and defense. And yeah, I was also concerned about Joe Burrow with his appendix. Uh, but hey, he's playing Sunday. He's back to full health. And when it comes down to it, even though I just uh, actually wrote an article on the website kind of praising Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, <laughs> Is Mitchell Trubisky? But, <laughs> the one. The one. But oh, here's man. the thing. Joe Burrow has proven himself recently. He just did. Jamar Chase has proven himself. I think Mitchell Trubisky could do a decent job, especially with Mike Tomlin. He's He's had a winning season every single year that he's coached, which is 14 years now. So if he trusts Trubicki as his starter, I trust that that's a good choice. But is that going to be week one against the defending AFC champions? Nope. 
Yes, I think Trubisky is better than people give him credit for, but I don't know if the Steelers team is ready week one against a team that's that's just chomping at the bit. Oh, ooh, that's going to be a fun one to keep your eye on. But let's keep it going here. We've got Green Bay and the Vikings for day one of Aaron Rodgers in the post-Devontae Adams era. Jake, I'll let you start this one off, man. Who you got? So I got Minnesota. I just, I know the reason, I just, I think Minnesota is a dark horse this year. I really do. I think they're a sleeper team. Kirk Cousins is, I think, one of my sleepers to win MVP too. Ooh. I just him and Justin Jefferson are gonna connect. I, I they're gonna be this year. They're gonna be that Rainy Moss Tom Brady level. I really feel like that. I think Dalvin Cook's gonna have a huge year if he's healthy. Adam Thielen is the Packers lose Devontae Adams. I just this is Minnesota's year. Yo, you got a Minnesota jersey on under that shirt, bro. One of my real. best friends. One of my best friends is a Viking fan, so he's gonna love to hear this. Oh I mean, yeah. So that contract will finally play out. Play out for uh, I think Kirk this, Cousins. I, I think this. I, I think they get to NFC Championship game. I really think this is the Vikings year. Okay. Okay. Uh, Tom, your thoughts? Green Bay, Minnesota. I mean, Jake, you kind of have to believe in the Vikings when you draft Justin Jefferson with the number yeah. one overall pick. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're kind of locked in to believe in the Vikings. Um, I agree that they're going to be a good team this year. Uh, this is such an even matchup. It's going to be good. I think a big thing for Green Bay, they will have left tackle. Um, David, and I struggle with his last name, uh, but Bakhtiari. And yep. uh, that's huge. That's absolutely huge. And you look at their wide receiver room. Yes, there are some concerns, but they will have Alan Lazard and then Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb. It's enough to get by. And when I look at these tight, tight games, what it really comes down to is which team's better coached, which team is going to make less of the little mistakes that especially in week one costs you. And you look at Kevin O'Connell, I think he's going to be a great coach, but he's a rookie head coach. Rule of thumb in a toss-up, if you have to decide between two teams and it's that even, you pick the more experienced coach. You look at Matt LaFleur, he has the highest winning percentage of any coach in the league right now. He's won 39 games, only lost 10. So I totally see what you're saying about Minnesota. It's a toss-up for me. It was the hardest game all week for me to pick, but I think Green Bay finds a way. Okay. Most F. Joe? So I'm going to piggyback off that a little bit. Uh, I also believe Justin Jefferson is going to be the number one wide receiver in fantasy this year. That's why I drafted him first in two different fantasy leagues. Oh. Oh. (laughs) And I think that that, a healthy Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, all the things they got going for there. They just got Jalen Rager from uh, from the Eagles, uh, which was actually taking the pick before Justin Jefferson in that same draft. Uh, so they're looking wide receiver-wise, ready to start blowing people out of the water. Jake's right. I think that Justin Jefferson is going to go off this year. I, I honestly think he's got a solid shot winning Offensive Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. I do not think that that's going to get Kirk, Coven, Kirk Cousins an MVP. That would be insane, and I don't. I'd buy a Kirk Cousins jersey if it happened. You pencil me in for that oh. right now. Kirk Cousins wins an MVP. Jake, I'll buy I one buy with you. you. If You're he right. wins MVP, I'll buy one with you. There we me go. Too. You get a late okay. one. I'll get a home one. All right. Get oh. the, the throwback. Oh, we'll do it. oh. All, right. <laughs> all four. Kirk all Cousins right. MVP. Let's do a whole show with oh. Kirk Cousins jerseys. Yeah, yes. yes. MVP. We'll do a whole show with Kirk Cousins jerseys. Now. 
I still think the Vikings win this game. I don't think the Packers, uh, their offense has enough. Um, it, Devontae Adams was that offense. Yeah. I think he, he, he more so was that offense than Aaron Rodgers was. And we've seen what Aaron Rodgers does when he has a, a subpar wide receiver room. All right. I think that the Vikings win that division this year. And I think they started off hot by winning this game. See, okay. I feel like I'm going to be the monkey wrench here. You look at this game on paper. Yes, Devontae is gone, but it's Aaron Rodgers. I feel like he saw Devontae leave and he said, all right, I may not have what I want. I have the people I know and the people I don't know. I'm going to spread the ball around. He's going to make what he has look fantastic. And let's look at what he has. He still has great weapons. You've still got Aaron Jones. You've still got A.J. Dillon. You still got Robert Tanyan. You know, Alan Lazard, yeah, not there's not really a Devon, another Devontae-esque guy, but still, he's going to make it look great. It's not. I don't think another MVP season, but I still think it's Aaron Rodgers. You look at this team, on, you look at him, you can't bet against him, you know? It, it's like almost betting against Brady. Like, how many times yeah. do you really want to bet against Brady? You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, that is true. Um, I do have to balance, though. Um, but I will talk to you guys probably later on tonight. Now also, I'm sorry, I think I mixed that up. So you didn't draft Justin Jefferson, Jake. Uh, in, it's him? funny in one, yeah, the other team did. But in one of my other leagues, I took Justin Jefferson. Okay. And then just <laughs> right, I'm going to try to work around no, it. So. I'm talking like number one overall draft pick in my draft. Twice yeah. I got the same number one overall draft pick, and both times I picked Justin Jefferson. <laughs> I don't hate it. I don't I mean, like that was like legitimately. And I'm, and I'm the guy doing our fantasy football league thing, man. I picked Justin yeah. Jefferson first over every running back. It'll Half work PPR, out. full PPR. <laughs> I mean, man. literally. I could throw him the ball and he'd still have a fantastic yeah, season. Bags. But I know. This is it's <laughs> wild. It's wild. But Jake, you have a good night, bro. I'll talk to you guys. Most definitely. Yep. Let's keep it going, y'all. We've got the Raiders and the Chargers. This is gonna be one of the most the beginning of one of the funnest divisions to watch. Joe, Raiders or Chargers? Oh man, I this division gives me a headache because I can't honestly say with certainty that one team is going to win this division. I think the Raiders have a killer offense. Their defense is good. The Chargers, same thing. Killer offense. Defense is really, really good. JC Jackson not being there is kind of a hindrance, but he wasn't there last year and they still had a pretty decent defense. And that pass rush is significantly improved. But it's the same thing on the other side. I think this is going to be a shootout. I'm going to go with the Raiders. Um, I think that that connection between uh, Carr and Adams is going to is going to be prolific right out of the gate. I think that it's already shown that it's going to be prolific in, in training camp. They are pretty much picking up where they left off in college. I, I got the Raiders winning this game. Ooh, okay, okay. Tom, who you got, man? So I'm going with the Chargers on this one. And I was very impressed with the Chargers later in the season last year and just the momentum they had and of course that momentum was cut off by the Raiders in that final game that kept them from the playoffs they were just really starting to figure it out on offense Justin Herbert Austin Eckler Mike Williams Keenan Allen and they're all back so mm -hmm. this offense is the same pieces that they've had just better just a year more experience especially Justin Herbert being a year more experienced and then 
I agree. Devontae Adams, th there's no question the Raiders have great weapons on offense. But I go back to the same thing with the Green Bay-Minnesota game. You have a more experienced coach against a less experienced coach. And you look at, uh, not by a lot, but you look at Josh McDaniel's career record of 11 and 17. Um, and that was, what, almost a decade ago? The last hey, time he, he took Tim coach. Tebow to a playoff game and won. <laughs> he beat the Steelers in a walk-off overtime yep. game. Josh McDaniels is a coaching god. <laughs> None of us will ever forget that one game. It was a good game. You know, Josh McDaniels walked out of that game, threw the clipboard on the ground and said, what more can I do? Yep. <laughs> but y'all, That one throw, that one game. But, <laughs> I mean, you know, I agree. Josh McDaniels... <laughs> He's the right pick for the Raiders to be the coach. He's gonna he's gonna be the coach for many years to come. But man, the Chargers are just they're coming into this season with all the cards stacked in their favor. They just gotta play the way that they were starting to show last year and, and I think they're going to and it's gonna be right out the gate. Okay. For me, as much as I disliked Josh McDaniels last year, you look at what that team has you look at the culture in Las Vegas. I feel like those guys in Las Vegas, Derek Carr, uh, Darren Waller, after everything they went through last season, they are playing with the chip on their shoulder. They are playing with the intent of, we want to wash all the memories of the shit that we had to deal with, with Henry Ruggs, the Damon Arnett, the cornerback, all that crap. This Raiders team is really going to be something special this season. Mark my words. You know, and I just feel like the Chargers are on the rise, but they're not there yet. Close, it's a close but no cigar situation. Like I'm not saying it's going to be a losing record, but I'm saying it's they don't, they're not quite ready yet. So I've got the Raiders this game, but let's keep it going, y'all. This is going to be another fun matchup here: the Bucks versus the Cowboys. Joe, who do you go with? Bucks. Uh. <laughs> it's that easy. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I think that Dak wants to prove some stuff, but Dallas has this bad habit of paying players who aren't producing a lot of money. All mm. right. Amari Cooper is not there anymore, which means CeeDee Lamb's the number one and Michael Gallup's your number two. Michael Gallup is still dealing with some injury stuff, hasn't shown he can be healthy all the time. Ezekiel Elliott has been pretty much outdone by Tony Pollard since, mm -hmm. what, week two of last year? and he's mm -hmm. still getting RB1 looks. Tom Brady's back. I think that he's going to he's making a push for that one final Super Bowl before he rides off into the sunset. What better time to prove it than against Dallas? And especially if Chris Godwin plays, which is still of an unknown right now. We're not sure if he's trending upwards or downwards. He's still kind of in that gray area. But if Chris Godwin plays and they're fully ready to go in that Bucks offense, I don't think Dallas has anything for him. Oh, okay. Tom, what's your thoughts? Well, I have Dallas uh, so <laughs> here's the thing with the Cowboys people like to to go after them and, and kind of say like they're a failure but this team has a winning record almost every single year and honestly they usually start out very hot and it's later in the season that they start to fall apart and yeah I guess really it comes down to if you believe it's Dak Prescott's year which I do um, then you think they have a shot the other thing, and I hate to say it, and I'm not going to say a thing about the specifics because it's it's none of our business, but Tom Brady missed 11 days during the preseason. And it's one thing, you know, a lot of people say, oh, it's normal. 
for starting quarterback. You miss miss preseason games, certainly. But this is different than missing a game. This is being completely disconnected from the team for 11 days right before the first game of the season where every single team has the most preparation possible before this week. You better believe that Mike McCarthy, very experienced coach, everyone likes to bash on him, but you better believe he has his guys ready for week one. I love Tom Brady, but when you have that long of an absence right before the season starts and obviously things going on in his personal life, is he going to be ready week one to compete with a Dallas team that's, you know, they're ready to play. So a lot of it really comes down to me on, on what can the offense do? Can they get into that rhythm quick enough? Most definitely. Tom touched on it perfectly. Tom has too, uh, Tom Brady has too much going on off the field. So I feel like that is going to be a hindrance to him on the field because it's natural human emotion. When you have all that going on, we're not really going to go into it because as you said, Tom, personal matters. When you have all that going on, the mind wonders. I feel like this is going to take Tom, this is going to inhibit Tom from truly locking in and being that guy that we know he is. So I foresee Dallas winning this game, not by anything crazy, like not blowing them out, but it's going to be a close game. I foresee Dallas winning this. I see, I hope to see Zeke, Zeke get it right and prove he wasn't a flash in the pan, but I, I don't think this is it for the Bucks. Now let's keep it going guys. In our last game here that we want to touch on, we've got the Broncos versus the Seahawks. Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll. They go head to head week one. Tom, I'm gonna let you start. Who you got, Russ or Pete? Yeah, I have to go with Denver here. Um, I'm always hesitant to, to pick a quarterback right after they're just starting with a new team. This is his debut with the Broncos, but I just don't, I don't believe in Geno Smith. I'm sorry. Watched him too much with the Jets. And even when he came in, <laughs> like, I, I have seen too many Geno Smith games where he just throws an interception when it's completely random and it just completely turns the game. And you look at this Denver team, they're strong on defense, but on offense, man, Russell Wilson has some weapons right now. Oh yeah. Um, and this is, this is really a good looking uh, skill positions. It's not to say that Seattle doesn't have that as well, but I just see this as, frankly, Geno Smith was Russell Wilson's backup a year ago, and now they're going head-to-head. -head. With a stronger roster, Denver pulls it off. I can see that. I can see that. Joe, who you got? The only mind? thing I see Seattle winning this year is the number one overall pick next year. I, Denver's <laughs> winning this game. It's it's honestly the way it's going to go. It. Two-headed two running back monster there with uh, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. And then you got Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy uh, there. Uh, I can't pronounce their tight end's name, <laughs> Okobungum or something like that. I drafted him in all three of my fantasy <laughs> drafts as well. He's my number one starting tight end. I got big big hopes for him. Don't let me down. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I just don't see in any – there's no – it's highly improbable. Seattle wins this game. I'm gonna say it's impossible because you know, one percent chance is still a chance, right? Mm -hmm. But I actually see of one of the few blowouts this week. I see Denver winning this game by at least three scores. I see. Okay, okay. Now let I see Denver winning as well. But I mean, if you think about it, 
you have some a group a team pete carroll all these guys who worked so hand in hand with russell wilson for the entirety of almost the entirety of his career so if you think the one person that knows his weaknesses and will try and exploit those weaknesses i'm not saying seattle could win this by and like blow russell wilson out and stop him but it may be a lot closer than people think you know i'm not saying seattle for super bowl champions but you know <laughs> there's still some great pieces there i don't think it's gonna be as bad as everyone expects i will say by the end of the season gino's not your starter that's a given <laughs> But I don't think, I don't foresee this game being as big of a, like Denver winning hand heavy handedly. I don't foresee it. Something in my gut says Seattle is going to shock a lot of people. I'm going to take some Pepto-Bizzle then, man, get rid of that gut feeling because it's something you ate, not not some feeling you got for this game. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be at least a 21 point spread. (laughs) Pencil it in, 21 point spread, I swear. See, Joe. I see that in the second half. I think it, it takes a little time to get into a rhythm, and mm. Pete Carroll's going to know the way you beat Russell Wilson is keep the ball out of his hands. So they're going to try it in the first half, and they might succeed. It might be a close game in the first half. I agree. The longer the game plays out, the more they're going to exploit Seattle's weaknesses because, frankly, you're going to keep the ball out of Russell Wilson's hands with what running game? Exactly. You know, with Rashad Penny. Behind what <laughs> offensive line? <laughs> exactly. So... Yeah, I mean, I'm probably gonna be wrong. This is my hot take week one, <laughs> but oh man, I don't know. Just something. Just are something. you picking Seattle upset Denver? No. Okay. Hell no. Hell no. Okay. Hell no. Okay. Go ahead. Let me see what your hot take is here, bud. <laughs> I feel like I'm. I feel like Denver wins, but it's a close game. That's that's my mm. hot take. Denver wins, but it's a close game. A touchdown, no, two touchdowns max. Two touchdown difference max. That's I'll my give hot... you two touchdowns. I agree. That that's my hot yeah. take here. Twenty-one plus. On that note, this has been the House Call Podcast. Remember, you can't watch the videos. You don't have time. You want to listen to us when you're on the go. We're on Spotify. We're on your social medias. Joe, let them know where we are. We are on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. I think we got a Facebook page, Twitter. We're on Spotify. Go listen to us. Hit us up. Watch the videos. Hit that like button. Be sure to subscribe. We'll see you next time. Exactly. Take us home, Tom. This is Tom with the House Call Podcast, and we are signing off. Let's go. Actually, be a Super Bowl matchup? Maybe? So let's start where we're with this game where we're at the spread is 